nation. No more struggle. No more challenges. No more battle. Because there comes a time where you need to rest from your battle. And God said after today, you shall rest from your battle. The battle of your marriage. The battle of your business. The battle of your finances. The battle of your sickness. The battle of your shame. The battle of your disgrace. The battle of your setback. The battle of the pains you don't want to forget. God said you will rest from your battle. And now, today's message with God's servant, Reverend Ismaila Awudu, head pastor ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Dagon. Open your Bibles with me to the book of Genesis, chapter number 2. I'm reading from the verse number 15 to the verse number 25. Said so then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the bears of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam. And he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman. And he brought her to the man, and Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. I'm sharing with you on a message of title, Dress and Keep. King James Version tells you to dress and keep in the new King James. He said, tend and keep. They are the same thing. God intended that man should be able to dwell in a space or an atmosphere where he could relate with beings because man is a relational being. So you realize that if you live and you are not able to relate with people, it depresses you. For instance, you can live in a room alone. You might choose to sleep and wake up and not talk to anybody. You try it. You realize that at a certain point, you will not feel human again. That is why when they put people into prison and they put them into isolated cells where nobody is with them and they are kept alone, when they bring them out, when they are relating with people, it's different. Because as you relate, it reflects in your life. If you put a human being and put him into a forest where you only have to relate with animals, Eventually, he grows to a point when they bring him out of that forest. When you meet him, his mannerism, his attitude, his way of doing things, it will be just like an animal. So it is important for you to know that we are relational beings. We cannot live without relating. So God also saw it that if he has created man, then he has to create something that man can relate with. 
And so you realize that he said that it's not good that a man should be alone. I'll make him a helper comparable to him. Which means that, yes, there are things that I've created through man, be it the animals, naming them, tending, keeping the environment and everything, but still man needs something that he could identify with and relate with, which also has the same feelings with him, emotions with him, and understands with him. So you realize that he created a woman so that woman can come into the picture, so that man can relate with woman. At least a companion, somebody you could talk to, somebody you could discuss issues with, somebody that they could play together, laugh together, work together, have fun together, and all that. And you realize that when that happened, the life of Adam was different from the life when he didn't have anybody in his life. That makes us to understand that it is very critical that relationship is what God desires for humanity. It's what God desires for our lives. That is why we live among ourselves as we are societies, we are families, we are whatever it is. So if you live in life and you don't relate, you have a challenge. In the same vein, when you come to marital relationship, that is why it's a marital relationship. So, married couples are supposed to relate. In relating, they build their relationship. They build on their character. They build on whatever they are doing. But if they don't relate, they will not be able to build on anything. They will just become what you can call self-centeredness. When you understand the positive power of relationship, you don't only think of yourself. You think of the other because you are always considering what is the effect at the other end? Are you understanding me? So you relate in that sense because there is always a receiving end. So you always think in the receiving end. You always think who is at the receiving end. So if I am relating, I relate to think that, okay, what will be the impact of my relationship to the one that I'm relating to? Because that is where relationship becomes meaningful. The person also should also think what will be the impact that he or she is bringing on to my life. Any relationship that has not add to your life, it's not a relationship worth sustaining. Are you getting me? If you have a friend and a friend has not contributed into whatever you are doing to make you better, then it is better you shift to look for someone that can help you. Because like I said, it takes relationship to boost your strength, to boost your, your character, to also help you feel fulfilled and enjoy life. So if it becomes one way that you are the only one that always have to initiate talk, you are the only one that always have to initiate giving, you are the only one that is always to give, always to create jokes, always to say this, you realize that at a certain point, you will get tired. It should be a give and take. I hope you are getting me. So you should not only wait for me to be doing it consistent, but you also have to be able to do it also so that it becomes an exchange between the two of us. We said we should dress and keep. The first things we are going to look at is that what are we supposed to dress and keep as far as relationship is concerned? The first thing we should dress and keep is godly relationship. Is godly relationship. Is godly relationship. Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But fools despise it. So, Godly relationship is very critical. We are talking about Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7. He said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instructions. 
the first key or critical thing for every be it marital relationship or you are courting to get married or whatever you are doing you, you have to first understand that godly relationship is key godly relationship eliminates selfishness it eliminates selfishness it eliminates self-centeredness it eliminates self-centeredness eliminates selfishness when you have godly relationship because you relate with god which is upward relationship you are empty before the lord are you following me because it tells us that whoever comes to god should believe that he is and is the reward of them that diligently seek him so whenever we come before him we are coming with an emptiness of heart expecting to receive from him are you there with me now if we relate with god like the bible says said if anyone says he loves god and hates his brother then he's a liar if he said you love god and hate your brother then it's a lie in other words loving god is the paramount thing is the is a critical thing that you need to have so if you said you come to church you serve the lord you worship him you pay your tithes you pay your dues you fast you pray you do everything you have to know that that is the love you have for god are you understanding me you love god to a fault and most times the, the issues we normally have is that people think that once I love God, projection to be working with me. Once I love God, it is important. It is, I can choose not to, to love my neighbor. It's a lie. If you said you love God, then you should be able to love your neighbor as yourself. If you said you love God, then you need to exhibit that love of God in whatever you do, it should be reflective upon the relationship you have. If you can give your all to God, then it is also important for you to know that in relationship, you have to give your all in the relationship. There is nothing like giving half or giving small and leaving the rest. So you, you just have to understand that loving God is critical. Loving God is critical. To the love that you extend to your fellow human being or to the person you are with the relationship. Because you didn't marry a thing. Can I say it again? You didn't marry a thing. And, and you are not going to marry a thing. And you are not relating with things. You are relating with beings. So beings are feelings. If you can love your car more than you love your neighbor, you have a problem. If you love your furniture, if you love your television, there are people, they love their television so much that when even... The spouse touches the television, you that alone will stop the relationship. They love their car so much that if you don't take time and you touch that car, that alone will create fight. Are you understand what I'm saying? They they are so full of or they are so engrossed with material things that they are rather engrossed with their relationship where they receive they are supposed to receive sustenance and strength and energy from. The things around you don't. But the relationship you have is what drives you. Like I said from the beginning. If you are too put in an isolated prison. By the time they release you and you come. You are no more human being. Because you cannot relate with anybody. So relationships God keeps us, gives us life. It's what strengthens us. It's what sustains us. It's what boosts our, our strength and our energy. So you should understand that. When you say you love God. It is critical for you to know that that love should be extended 
to your brother or to your wife because that, or to your husband. So if you realize it, God did not immediately give Adam a woman. But God first created Adam and had a relationship with him. God first made sure that Adam had a relationship with him. So God made sure that he first had a relationship with Adam. For Adam to understand him and Adam to have worship. Then after Adam has had that, then God now gives him the woman. What is God teaching Adam? He was teaching him that learn to relate with me. And if you perfect in relating with me, you can also perfect that relationship by extension to the person I am giving to you. So if Adam had not mastered his relationship with God, there was no way God would have given him a helper that is comparable to him. But what do we see nowadays? We see it that once I have things, I can marry. So people always think in the terms of possessions, which is a qualification for marriage. We looked at age as qualification for marriage. So we have not built a relationship with our maker, with the thing that is higher than us. That is the, the image of our worship. We have not built that relationship. We are not totally sold out to him. So when he introduces a component of what he created to us, we are not able to relate with that thing. Because we only thinking of ourselves that we think of what he has. So he said, if someone says, I love God, 1 John 4, 20, and hate his brother, is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, how can he love God, whom he has not seen? So if you are finding difficult to relate with the person you are seeing physically, then how can you say you are relating with a God that you are not seeing? That you are a hypocrite. And most of our relationships are hypocritical relationships. It's full of self-centeredness, selfishness, ego, pride, unforgiveness, whatever. But yet, we will stand before God and say we love God. If you look at scripture, the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave. So before God could even give, he has to love. And when you come to pure worship, you cannot purely worship God when you don't love God. So if you purely express love for God, it is important for you to know that it is automatic. That love will flow to your neighbor. So can I suggest that with all the challenges we are getting in marital relationship, people killing one another, people cheating on one another, lying against one another, but yet they praise and worship their image of worship. Be it a Christian, be it a Muslim, be it a Hindu, be it whatever. They worship something. They express something to a higher being. Whether traditional religion, whatever. It doesn't matter. You are expressing because everything you see as image of worship, you express love to it. You express sacrifice. You express time. You express energy. And he's saying that if you express these things to that being, which you can't physically see, you should be able to express the same way to your neighbor who you are seeing. Don't you think the world would have been a better place? So that tells us that we don't understand relationship. Relationship is birth out of worship. Anything you worship, you relate to it. 
And not only that, you adore that thing. You adore it. Anything you worship, you adore it. Anything you worship, you value. Anything you worship, you sacrifice towards it. And anything you worship, you freely give to it without questioning. And anything you worship, you love unconditionally. There are no ifs or buts. If that thing instructs you, you have to do it. So it is not an assignment of one person, but it's an assignment of both. Because it therefore means that that is why it is said that you have to, if it comes to marriage, you have to marry from your same faith. Don't marry outside of your faith. What is your faith? Your faith is what you believe in. And what you believe in is what you worship. If you don't marry from your faith and it becomes a different faith, the beliefs systems are not the same. So you have a challenge because your first point of dressing and keeping your marriage is a godly relationship. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not about beauty. It's not about character. It's not about money. It's not about position. It's not about fame. It's not about eloquence. It's not about material things. It is godly relationship. Because you see, when somebody has a godly relationship, it works on a person's character. It will reflect on a person's attitude. It will reflect on a person's commitment. It will reflect on the person's giving. So the person will not be stingy in the relationship. Because if he can freely give to God, you know, that is why we come to church and it's difficult for people to give offerings. Even give their tithe. Even give their pledges and their vows. And we think it is just me. No. It is, it is a sickness. It's a deficiency of relationship. And it's a deficiency of love. Through love, you don't calculate. You don't have pen and paper and calculate it. Let me give you an example. Those of you who were caught before you married. When you were over love. When you don't speak to each other even a day, you are not okay. When you have to see each other off. Sometimes you can see one person to the end and you return again to the place. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Sometimes you forget that time is even flying. Because you are engrossed in conversation that you even forget that time. You check and realize that sometimes it's 2 a.m. Say, hey, so we've been standing here all this while. Yes. Because of what? Love. When the person asks for something, you, before the person will finish, you, you want to get it for, even when a person has not asked, when you are going, you carry something. Because you, 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 you love, you, you don't want to miss your presence. So what happens after you marry? Now you don't want to see each other's face again. Because you are not dressing. Dressing is a continuous practice. It is not a one-time thing. The person now is your enemy, but God is still your friend. So can I suggest that we are hypocrites? You come before your image of worship. And you are holding back. You can't even express your love. You can't give him your time. You can't give him your money. You can't give him your talent. You can't give him your commitment. You can't give him that kind of your, your undivided attention. How can you love your brother or your wife? Because already before God you are doing that. 
How many of us even have time to read the Bible? Because it is a relationship. So, godly relationship is the number one principle. When you are thinking of marriage or you are in marriage, don't be asking for love. Ask for godly relationship. And stop, let's stop all this kind of zombie way of relationship. Deceiving ourselves to the public. Pretending we love one another. But the truth is that we don't love ourselves. Because in worship, you give your all to your image of worship. So if you give your all to your image of worship, and it is relationship, if you marry, it will be difficult for you to cheat on one another. It's a principle. You see, life is about principles. Like you know, one plus one is equal to two. One plus zero can never be two. One plus zero is is what? It's one. So, in the same vein, if you don't get the fundamentals right, you will not be able to get the, the build up also right. If you are going to do a course, and you don't have foundations. When you do that course, you struggle. It is not that you are not intelligent. It's simply because you have not built a foundation for it. If you are mathematically weak, don't even bother yourself to go and do a business subject. Because you will mess up. You, you will think demons are chasing you. We will lay hands on you severally. But it will not work. If you are also mathematically good and you cannot, you are not good in reading or English of analysis and all those things, don't say you are going to be a lawyer. Because you will not have the understanding to peruse documents or to read more and to be able to. So you have to understand it. If your physics, chemistry, biology, and your mathematics is weak, don't think of medicine or pharmacy. So if you realize when it comes to even admissions into universities, they look at some basic foundations of subject qualifications to place you in the place of your subject. So it's this the same thing when it comes to relationship. If you don't have the foundation of love, why are you thinking to marry? You'll be a monster in the marriage. You'll be abusive in the relationship. You can look at your wife and insult your wife. You can look at your husband and insult your husband because you don't have a foundation which is godly fear. Godly fear. Proverbs 1, 7, I quoted, it said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When you have godly fear, you can sustain relationship. When you have godly fear, oh, come on. Even when you are doing it, they say, stop. Why should I stop? You want to do it until you are satisfied. Are you get what I'm saying? If people even come to you and says, oh, what you are doing is not right. Let's settle it. Me, I will never offer my dead body without settling. All of a sudden, your wife or your husband has become an enemy that over your dead body. Because there's no godly fear. And ladies and gentlemen, let us be honest with ourselves. We are married and we are in a relationship today. Not because we have godly fear. But because people are marrying because they want to satisfy a feeling. Not relationship. Feeling. Sexual feeling. So I will tell you, especially those who are in the body of Christ and 
want to stay pure and holy. He gets to a point they say, Pastor, this one I can't stand again. So he's thinking of marrying to break that. Hold on. He wants to free himself or herself. Some are pushing to marry because when they look at the age clock, it's running faster. So I don't care. I need to settle down because I'm growing old. Others are also now strategically marrying. We call it strategic marriage. The benefit they are going to get out of the marriage. The lady who is her family, who are her family, what family is she coming from? What is their status in society? So that when I get connected, I will also be recognized. And when you get into such marriage and they now start dictating, your in-laws start telling you things. You said he or she shouldn't talk. Why should we have our family name? And you don't have a name. And we, you come to marry us. And you want that name to overshadow you. And we don't want, you don't want us to teach you how to preserve that name. Because if you have not preserved the name before you came, will you have come to marry into the name? And you think your in-laws are stupid. They are not stupid. When you are coming, they know your motive. So there is no godly fear here. It's what I'm going to get. The lady has worked and she settled down. She has everything. You are coming with nothing. And you think when I get fixed into this, my life will be okay. You get fixed into it and as she's telling you what to do, you are saying no. You don't want to do it. When she's working, where were you? The man has gotten everything. You the woman. Somebody that would abrash us. He wants to begin with you. Say, oh, come on. When I want a big one, you are talking of the baby, the baby. I don't want Pentecost ring. I want charismatic ring. Yeah, so you went and picked charismatic ring. Now the guy says, you can't drive my Bentley. You can't drive this. You just have to be in the kitchen. I don't want to see you talking to A or B or C. He said, why do you give me instructions? Yes, I need to give you instructions because I don't know how I made my money. But ladies and gentlemen, when godly fear leads you into marriage, you lose sight of your weaknesses. You lose sight of your challenges. You lose sight of who has money before or who did not have money or who has status or who did not have status. You lose sight of all of them because godly fear covers all that. Love overshadows every mistake. Love, which comes from God, which is pure, makes you to forgive. Though you are justified, but you let it go. So the foundation of every true relationship is to understand that godly fear should be the number one thing. I didn't marry my wife for her beauty. I didn't marry my wife for how she looks like. I tell her if it's about her beauty, I can look at other women who might be beautiful than her. She didn't marry me because of my handsomeness. Are you there with me? I didn't get attracted because of sexual immorality. When I'm not committed to something, I will not do it. When I'm committed to it, I'm committed to it. That is what worship is about. God said, don't do it in between. Let all men be lies and you be truthful to God. It's a discipline that I had. And I'm living by it. Think I don't have feelings, I have feelings. But there is a discipline. Is the discipline that will guide you. Because you see, God is not looking for anybody. God is looking for disciplined people. 
this kind of indiscipline in the body of Christ. I don't know where we learned it from. Hello? That now there is no godly fear in the house of the Lord. Even married men and married women will be sleeping among themselves. People will come to church even with the intention of making sure they sleep with the pastor. Men of God are also, some, of, some men of God, I'm not saying all, oh, some are also turning into hunters. Elders, dickies, whatever. Everywhere. What kind of life is this? As if sex is what is all about relationship. Godly fear is the number one principle for relationship. Get it? It's called worship. Say worship. Say worship. Say worship. If you can't understand worship, don't think of marriage. If you can't understand worship, don't think of marriage. I'll stay longer there because that is the key thing. If you don't think of worship, don't, don't forget about marriage. If you are in marriage now and your worship, which is your relationship with God, is questionable, go back and check it. I read first John for you. He said, if you say you love God and you hate your brother, the God you have not seen, you say you love him. And your brother that you see, you don't love. Does it make sense? very much for listening. This is a message from ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Legon. We know you've been blessed by God's word. For more quality and practical teachings of Reverend Ismaila Abudu, visit us online at www.icgceastlegon.com or email to yahwehtempleicgc at gmail.com or call us on 057-2260-434 or 057-2260-435. You can also worship with us on Sundays from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. On Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. for our empowerment teaching service. And Fridays at 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. for our breakthrough prayer service. You can also connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. God bless you. My Lord with you, I know.